0: What is up guys my name is Matt Workman for Cinematography Database and you are listening to Cinematography All The Things on Anchor FM. In this episode we're going to be talking about work-life balance. Uh, We got a pretty good call-in that I'm going to play for you in just a second and then we're going to talk about that and I will also address uh, a tiny bit about CineDesigner AR though it's very early to be really talking about it too concretely but we will talk about that a little bit as well.
1: Hey, Matt, it's Carlos again. I'm just calling in to say thank you for all of your information sharing that you're doing. I'm really, like I said, enjoying this and I appreciate you taking the time. So I'm curious to hear what your perspective would be as a business owner, as someone who is running a brand and doing a lot of the content, you know, essentially on your own or with a very small team, you and your wife. I'm in a very similar situation, and um, balance between work and personal life is sometimes really tricky, and one of the things that Bert, my wife, and I um, have started to do is we decided we were going to take some specific times and block them out just for ourselves. So I'd, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on balance, work, and personal.
0: So thanks so much for the call in, Carlos. You know, work-life balance is something that I personally have struggled with for uh, a very long time. And I think the idea of having some sort of consistent time off with your significant other or family is a great idea. But it's not something I've been able to ever have as a freelancer. And it's not something I I have at this point um, as an entrepreneur. So I guess to talk about when I was freelancing... You know as a DP and any creative in the freelance space in New York City I think specifically given in that culture and I don't think LA is too different is that as a freelancer you're basically always on call and you can get called the night before for a job the next morning you can get called the morning of for a job that's an hour away this does happen and some of those are really great opportunities it's sort of a red flag if you know last minute you're getting called to fill in for someone but Nonetheless, I have filled in for people very last minute, and they have been amazing opportunities. Some of them have been career-changing opportunities. So some big DP jumps off of a commercial, really last minute, or gets, you know, for whatever reason has to leave. And, you know, I'm like the sixth DP in line, but I'm the one who's available that morning or the next day. And then there you are, you're on set. The point being that you're on call, so it's very difficult, or it was difficult for me to be able to you know, make it to Christmas or travel um, to see family for like a week at a time or to, you know, do the things that perhaps normal people are able to do with nine to five jobs and say like, oh, you know what, for Christmas break, I'm going to be gone. I won't be at work and we're going to go to Disney World and blah, blah, blah. All that stuff was very difficult for me to be able to do that as a freelancer. I, I turned down (laughs) <laughs> turned to I missed a lot of uh, holidays I missed a lot of family things and you know that does take a toll on your family and your friends who don't understand that that life and it, you know if you're not there and you're not present in those relationships those relationships do suffer I will say that the the one thing with my relationship with my wife Diana who was at the time, you know, 10 years ago and, and through, throughout that, my girlfriend was that she was freelance as well. So having two freelancers in the same boat, it's kind of doubly bad because we both can't commit to any dates and we both can't make any real commitments for the future. But as far as, you know, the relationship together, a lot of the times we'd work together. And if we did have to cancel like a date or something like that, not that I don't think we had dates or anything, but like if we had to, you know, all of a sudden pick up and do this job that was a week, you know, in L.A., that was that was understandable for both of us so that that's kind of talking about the freelance life and next i'll talk about kind of what things look like now um with running a, a company or a brand so that was kind of my life as a freelancer there was no time off um always on call to shoot and was very difficult to plan anything in in my life beyond a month ahead of time you know it was in, until like a little bit later in my career towards the end of when i was freelancing this is like Two, three years ago, that sort of thing. I got to the point where I was on an agency, and the only jobs worthwhile, really, would come in a month or three weeks earlier, so that we'd have enough prep time. Any job that came in before, like without, without three months of prep, or not three months, three weeks of prep, it probably wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth taking that job, you know. So that's that's something that starts to evolve as a freelancer. But there is always this kind of um, fear of taking time off to do. To do personal things because you're gonna miss work and you're gonna miss the uh, evolution in your career. Now, fast forward to today with a company with Cinematography Database where its core uh, product is Cine Designer, which is uh, so I'm a software developer essentially or a plugin developer. Um, The second uh, product or income stream from my company is um, through social media and interneting, if that makes sense. So that's like You know doing influencer things you know it's kind of douchey to say that to say that but you know uh, i do get paid to do sponsored videos i get paid to promote events i get paid to show up at events i get paid to do all sorts of things like that so i I run both sides of this company with cine designers software and um being a, a content creator or you know influencer uh in the film space and so with this business it's even worse than freelancing because there's there's no time in the day where i couldn't be working on a project as of right now i have four videos i could be editing that are getting mega delayed i haven't been i haven't made a youtube video in like two weeks or something like that it feels like it feels like death to not put out videos but i'm working on a course which is i guess um kind of the hybrid of the two parts of my companies it's something that i've always been meaning to do is produce courses and i've actually produced a lot of educational uh, paid content in the past I've just put them on other platforms so um, the, the point being is that I have four videos one for Aperture, one for, uh, for other companies I can't talk about that need to be edited some are sponsored some are not but they're just being delayed because I am working on a course and then in the background, with the course, I'm updating Cinema Designer to do version three, which is going to be a little bit different. The structure of it for Cinema 4D, and then I'm also in the deeper background laying the groundwork to start building out the Cinema Designer um, AR app. Or it's just going to be first, it'll just be Cinema Designer for the phone, for mobile, and then it will in- integrate the um, the AR division or technology as that's available. It's not really that technology is not exactly here yet we have beta versions of everything but it's not quite ready to be deployed the point is now is that 24 7 i could be working i could be editing i could be modeling i could be developing i could be tweeting i could be you know it it never really ends i could be making anger podcasts i mean this whole thing never ends so what what are we supposed to do about this so for me um my wife right now and i have two kids my wife is still a freelance photographer so she's still freelancing on call and it's like oh hey all of a sudden we have this new assignment and we have to go shoot it that's what i did this weekend and that's why i wasn't able to do any anchor podcasts no youtube videos um i did get a little bit of development in there uh worked on some stuff for the new app i made the landing page for it so i got that done um but we're still at this point, if, if a job comes up, we got to go do it because that's how we make money, you know. And like that's much more immediate income is freelancing. So we're in a weird place and, and neither of us are in the place where it's like, oh, yeah, Christmas, like we're going to take that week off. It's, it's, we're still not there, you know. And, and anyone who's starting a company, the first couple years there is you just work 24-7. I mean, you have to figure out how to live. But, you know, between a startup, which I consider my software and media company both startups, and my wife still actively freelancing, we're kind of like the worst of both worlds. And it is um, it is stressful. And I think that, you know, our families and friendships have definitely taken, like, you know, had their, had their ups and downs because of that. But we both like working and we're both very passionate about what we're doing. And, you know, besides taking care of the kids and raising them, um, freelancing and, business development or whatever that's that's our passion and that's what we're 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 ready to give up and we have been for years we've both been just like this is what we do we do this every day every second I wake up I wake up out of bed brush the teeth and then I'm here so that's been my journey and battle with work-life balance I basically don't have it we just basically all work and we take care of the kids and you know we're working together so that's kind of the balance but we're basically full-time working you know and raising kids at the same time and there's really no clear delineation of of where where one starts and and the other ends and i'm not like endorsing this lifestyle it's it, it is what brought me success i think uh as a freelancer and i think it's what allows me to hustle a little bit harder than maybe the next person um as far as business and in, in this case I'm not saying I'm the best at either one of those but you know the work ethic was uh, a factor and I think um, building both my freelance career and my, my business career now but I, I will say that um, you know Vincent LaFerre, who has been an extremely successful photographer and entrepreneur and has, has traveled down the roads that I'm traveling now um, you know we, we had we, we had dinner um, in LA, uh, a few like a few months ago, I forget. Whenever I was in LA last time, and you know, he made this big blog post, and we talked about it then. And he just dropped this huge Facebook post where he was talking about how you know the the end goals and the money and all these things you think that matter actually don't because he's been doing this for like what 20-30 years or something like that he said i forget how long it's been it's been a while and he was saying that like it, in the end it's it's really so much about the journey and enjoying that and you know the relationships you make and you know the the laughs over dinner and and drinks and that sort of thing and you know, I, I look at that from his perspective now, and I'm like, I can see that. But this is this is still coming from the point of view of someone that hustled extremely hard as a photographer, as a photojournalist, as a, a filmmaker and director into a business person. And, you know, I, I think that that's, it's a good takeaway. And I, I try to think about that when things are stressful, either with money or a product launch or trying to get the content out at the right time or being... Uh, dissatisfied with how something comes out or if a client is dissatisfied you know to to try to look at the bigger picture and you know look at what you're building overall but you know I, I'm still like in the thick of it you know I'm not at the point where I can at all like relax and be like you know what? that's okay you know I'm still just every single day you know pounding the pavement or whatever the thickly cheap phrase is I'm just working as hard as I possibly can and you know so uh, so my point of view on this is that there isn't work-life balance, and I've kind of subscribed to that. And I'm not saying I want everyone to do that at all. I'm not saying you should do that, or anyone else should do it, but I am pretty much a 24-7 hustle advocate. I do sleep. I prioritize prioritize sleep and health, because if you get sick or you're not, your brain's not awake, you're not gonna be able to make good work, you know? So I, I do that. Uh, eating is not great. My exercising's probably not good either, so I need to step it up Gary V style and get like a personal trainer and prioritize that too but you know for me work has been everything and i do uh, appreciate the journey that i've taken especially the freelancer now as that's kind of like my, my my past career uh and and you know i i try to think about the big picture as much as i can but i'm still so much in the middle of it especially as far as it comes with business and, tr- and trying to build a company and have it ha- you know diversify the revenue streams is something we're doing this year is, is trying to change up Um, where the different sources of income are coming from and it's a 24-7 effort but but I enjoy that you know I personally like it you know if there's people that hit burnout too quickly from this or they want to have um someone else handle the bigger picture in the structure then you're more likely an employee than, than wanting to rent it but I think anyone who is um uh a six not, not successful but you know a lot of a, a lot of the successful freelancers and the entrepreneurs are this get up and work 24-7 type of person and um, everything else just kind of falls falls in, in, in between you know or falls off completely you know I think my friendships with people that are not work-related have definitely fallen off you know but that's that's a choice that I made you know I want to build something And either as a freelancer or an entrepreneur, it means that things get sacrificed. And I'm choosing the company and family, you know, immediate, immediate family, like my kids and my wife. Um, But everything else has got to go. You know, I don't watch TV, I don't watch movies unless it's for a breakdown. I don't do any of that. I haven't touched a video game in years. I build cinematography database and that's all I do. It's work. And then the life is just like whatever portion I can give up that isn't working, which is for me, sleeping, health and, and family. Now, I want to also say that part of my move from being a freelance DP to being uh, an entrepreneur um, was actually to rebalance my work-life balance in general. Um, it didn't go exactly the way I planned it, but you know, as a freelance DP, success for me at that point, um, because I was doing fine financially and shooting commercials and whatnot but really to step it up to the next level would have meant television would have meant getting into tv pilots and tv shows and independent movies and trying to run that whole game as well and those are really long time commitments away from your family you're talking like two three months at a time completely gone different country different state uh doing that and with a with a young child and another on the way that's not something i wanted to do so it does sound like i think from the last Vi- uh, pod er, ep- episodes that I was just making now is that um that I just work twenty four seven and i don't ever see my family it's actually compared to my old life freelancing uh working twenty four seven as a freelancer or as an entrepreneur out of my office in my house I actually see my family quite a bit and we do i'm able to support them way more than I was as a freelance. DP. So I will I will say that um, as as far as hopefully in I me mean, not sounding like as crazy, but that that is was that was part of the conscious effort to leave New York and to start a company was to rebalance that in a way that um, I wanted to. Now it turns out that entrepreneurship and building companies takes a lot more time than freelancing, but it's not as much as many big blocks away from the family in television as as opposed to DPs who doing television and that sort of thing. So I want to kind of transition this talk away from work-life balance. Um, those have been my thoughts on it. I'm an unhealthy, a uh, weighted side towards work. <laughs> that's not been clear through, um, just every everything that I do. But what I want to talk about now is how to figure out the direction of what you want to do, and that's that's been something that I've I spend a lot of time just thinking about. And what I've discovered throughout my you know, my career as doing multiple, many things. I've only really exposed to the public my. DP side and, and now a little bit my business side is that, you know, I used to be a jazz drummer. Um, I used to be uh, a programmer. I used to be a visual effects artist in short career spans. None of these were very expansive or anything like that. But the, the way that I look at things now and I've seen as a, as a trend and I see this as, as the projects I take on uh, with cinematography database is that I try to find the intersection of what I'm passionate about. And passion is fun and interest. And things that I can stay up all night doing I take the intersection of passion and money okay so something that's just a passion and that you love doing but that will never make you any money is not something that's gonna last not for me it will never last that long I'll play video games I'll you know skateboard a BMX but I never made any money at those things so you just can't do them as, a, as an adult you know it's just not possible unless you're retired or something like that and you're or you're getting paid you know, from some very truly passive income, which I don't think actually exists. Um, so I, I've always looked at, like, what is something that I'm passionate about? And can I also find a business model with it? So with drumming, in the early days of my career, I played drums. I loved it. It was everything. It was my whole life. I researched it, spent all my money on it, uh, was in multiple bands, played some shows. Wasn't really enough money to keep going. I had to change it up to programming. Programming... um was uh, a great way to make a living especially now um was a great place to be and, and throughout college I kind of understood this to be a great business to be in um but it I lost the passion in it so the passion and the and the money they didn't intersect again but where they did reintersect was um for filmmaking so learning the business but you know I had the passion behind filmmaking and I eventually figured out the business model of how to be a freelance DP in New York. Like, what was that business model? And I did that for ten years. That one stuck for a long time, was filmmaking and um, freelancing. So filmmaking and freelancing. But now I look at I, I looked at it again, and I was like, well, I, I still like the filmmaking part, but I I want to move away from freelancing because I've done that for ten years, and I'm a little older. I wanna I wanna combine freelancing. I'm sorry. I wanna combine filmmaking. And entrepreneurship and a business, and I'm like, can I take my passion for filmmaking and build a business behind it? And that's when cine Designer was born, which was a unique combination of programming, filmmaking, and business. So the three together is that a business. It was for an entire year. That's all I did, and then I started to be interested in um, all of them put together. So that was like filmmaking and then software and then also media social media new media which is what this podcast is kind of becoming about is can i combine all of those again and that became a youtube channel and that became a podcast and that became instagram and like can i spin these all together again because this is a lot of fun this is a cool thing to do and is there a business model there and there is there's definitely a business model now i mean there's a huge business model behind it and that's what i've been pushing lately and then now um with the next iteration of Cinema Designer, which other you know Cinema Designer for Cinema 4D, that's my flagship. That will keep going as long as Cinema 4D exists. I'll keep developing that platform. I love it. That's how I make all my graphics. That's how I illustrate my courses. That's that's my main product. But to to bring. Um, to bring cine designer to a more mainstream audience is to move it away from the computer and out of Cinema 4D and onto the phone, right? So that's that's what my next passion is. is like, Can I bring this to a much wider audience and can I use augmented reality and all this new technology, which combines all the things I'm interested in, again, into a business model? Yes, I can. If I deploy this app onto the Apple Store and the Google Play Store, there's you can make... Uh, enough money to continue to live and to keep making more products so that's how I've always combined passion and money together is can my passion pay for my life or pay you know (laughs) enough to to keep going yeah that's always been what I've been looking for and I guess that takes us to the next segment where I'll talk really briefly about Cinema Designer AR it's still too early to really give any real details but it is my next thing that I'm working on so the goal of Cinema Designer in general, as the whole as a product line, uh, we've only iterated two things. We had Cinema Designer 2D, which was 2D symbols, which you could drag into Photoshop or Illustrator, and you're making straight down 2D lighting diagrams, like have always existed and people done by hand. And now there's computer programs for CAD, blah blah blah. It's an okay way. It's decent, but it's it's definitely like very old school to do it that way. A lot of people need it. Certain technicians will need 2D diagrams. It's always going to be a facet of um, what I'm building. Um, but from there, Cine Designer, I wanted to be able to actually look through the camera in 3D, and I built that part out in Maya first, um, when I was using this as a freelancer, and then when it came to Cinema 4D, I implemented a full lighting system over it. So, in Cinema 4D, which is an expensive program, requires a decent computer, etc. it's expensive, it's complicated to learn, relative to, I don't know, like Final Cut or something like that, it's a little harder than that, but you're getting a lot more out of it now with Cinema 4D, and increasingly, we can look through cameras, move them on cranes, move them on dollies, and then we can also put up lighting. And the lighting is very accurate, I will say for visualizing, not so much for the output of the lights, but what a 12-foot soft light looks like compared to a spotlight with different colors. That stuff's all very accurate, but it's a little bit labor-intensive and it's a big investment um, financially to get into it. I understand that. That hasn't stopped hundreds of people from joining the system and using it, but I do understand the barrier to entry is sort of high, it's kind of expensive. So what we're doing with Cinedesigner Designer AR uh, is bringing Cinna Designer to the phone. Now, I could have put Cine Designer on a phone a-, a while ago, but it didn't seem compelling enough to me to just make a kind of a dumbed-down version of Cine Designer for the phone, because the phone can't run the lighting algorithms. It can't run all these things that are required to run full Cine Designer for Cinema 4D. You're, they're just completely different animals. But that doesn't mean that uh, the phone version can't be useful. So what CineDesigner AR is going to do is it's going to use the, the AR tracking features of the phone. And it's going to allow you to look through your phone at the real world and then 3D track um, onto it the cameras and the lights and the people In a simplified way, we're not going to be able to turn the lights on, that's just not going to happen in this iteration. Maybe in the future, when the phones can handle it, if the phone can handle it, I would turn it on, but they just can't, then your phone would explode. And the graphics are just not there yet on a phone, they're barely there on a computer, they're not there on a phone yet. But, what you'll be able to do is walk around, like say a table, and you'll be walking around to the virtual set so hopefully this makes it a little bit more tangible everything is going to be touch screen you know the controls will be much simpler but you should be able to and the goal is to be able to make some simplifi- you know, pretty simple diagrams in 3d on say like a table and then you get everyone everyone at once on set can be looking at that same 3d table of um basically this 3d set being projected uh through ar and my my analogy is always that like picture you were building your set out of Legos, and everyone's just looking at it on set. That's actually how people plan movies still. The art director or production designer will actually build out a physical scale, much you know, smaller scale model of a set out of cardboard, put it on the table, and everyone looks at it in the meeting. And when they're planning stunt, ch- like stunt chases with cars and stuff like that, they literally have matchbox cars and they're just gonna zoom, zoom, zoom with their hands. That's how they do it. Now, this is kind of like the virtual version of that. And with a couple more other fun features that I'm thinking about as far as like what is a more uh, modern, up-to-date way of doing pre-production, that's what Designer AR is hoping to do. Now, I've never made a phone app before. Uh, I do have a programming background, but that was with C++ for computers and not for phones. But I think I can catch up on it. It doesn't seem too, too hard. I'm sure to do perfectly well. It's very tricky. It takes a lot of years. But at least to make like my first demo app, uh, I feel like I have a decent background I've been doing a lot of research into it and I have all of the years of doing CineDesigner to be able to apply to that. I think that that's the difficult part. So that's what CineDesigner AR is looking to do, is to bring CineDesigner to a phone, to mobile, to AR, to make it a little bit more tangible and accessible to uh, everybody who's doing anything with video and would uh, benefit from being able to visualize and plan in a kind of fun new AR way, Pokemon Go way. <laughs> essentially on the phone. So that's what Center AR is going to be. If you go to cinematographydb.com, I have a landing page for it. You can sign up for the mailing list. You're not going to get anything for quite a while. That app is going to take me quite a bit to put together there. But that's the future. That's what we're working on. Um, We're also building the course. That lighting course is going to be, it's basically been like the last two years. Well, I got kind of cut off there because that was the five minute <laughs> limit for the Anchor podcast segment there, uh, which is good to break it up. I think that these shorter segments are better. Otherwise, I'd probably talk for like an hour straight. and wouldn't realize it. But um, to wrap it up, that's Cinema Designer AR, Cinema Designer 3 or version 3 for Cinema 4D. Uh, we have a couple updates. I, I can't really talk about them until they're out. Um, what else? We have some sponsored videos coming out for the YouTube channel. Some other cool things I can't talk about, they're all happening in the background, they're coming this way. The lighting course has been a massive endeavor for me. It's taken me 10 years to learn all this lighting stuff, and then it's taken me 2 or 3 years to be able to distill it into a course, which is designed to be watched basically all at once over like a week or two or something like that, I'm not really sure. Um, and it it took me a while to be able to present the knowledge and to understand how people want to learn and to be able to use Cine Designer honestly to illustrate that in a nice somewhat concise package even though the course will be probably a couple hours long that is pretty concise to try to put that all together so it's the first of hopefully um, at least a couple courses that I want to put together the first one really focuses on the fundamentals of lighting, but within the context of lighting for white psychs, because white psychs is one of the first categories of um, cinematography and commercial filmmaking that I knew made money. People that can light white psychs, you need lights, you need talent, you need to kind of know what you're doing, you need a studio. This was a place that I knew that cinematographers could make money, and this is one of the first things I want to teach to people. If If you learn how to light White psychs, if that's all you know in the beginning to start with, that is at least a space that makes good-looking products, good-looking people, and it's a good place to start your career in commercial cinematography where you want to actually make money and competitive money and livable money. Um, That's why I'm making the first course about that. And then I'm going to move on to lighting locations and lighting at night and and some other things. But they're always going to be in the context of commercial cinematography, which is I consider my specialty. Which is how to make products look good, make people look good, how to tell a story in a shorter amount of time for commercial filmmaking. Where, again, you make money. Because that's, uh, like I've said before, I'm not money focused. I'm just hopefully realistic that your passion plus money that's how you keep doing what it is that you like to do so that's going to wrap it up for this podcast it's kind of been work-life balance slash passion and money slash update with cinematography database so it's been all sorts of stuff hope you guys have enjoyed it sorry for the break um just had other things to get done didn't have time in the morning to do a podcast but i will see you guys on the next episode send your call-ins in (laughs) Send, send the questions the feedback um love it it is the prompt for most of the beginning of the episodes and then i just start winging it i'll talk to you guys later see you later